Good evening, afternoon, good morning, however, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 8. Got a lot of shit to talk about in this one, guys. I'm Eric, the Big E, kind of our main man on the, the ones and twos here, as they call it, kind of our producer, our, our number one host here, and I'm joined in person by Ramsey Thompson. What's going on? I am not the one-two guy, I'm just the guy. Yeah, he, you're the host, studio host. Studio host. I mean, that's my title, just so y'all know. And sitting on Zoom once again, Justin Dahl. How you doing, Justin? Hey, we're doing. I can't believe you. You're just gonna go out and straight dog me with the Zoom call again. We we've got like forty inches of snow coming in. I'm just playing it safe, doing a dad thing tonight, and joining in on a Zoom call. And you're gonna dog me like that right away, yes. Biggie. I'm not dogging you because you're being responsible. I actually admire that about you. I'm dogging you because you brought this up last week and you tried to defend yourself when the majority of the episodes betting, you've been on Zoom. I'm betting 50%. This is episode eight. I got four in the studio, four on Zoom. I want to go back and look at those numbers. I want to fact check you on I'm not going to do that right now, but I'd be willing to bet that it's less than 50%. I'm going to dog you to be responsible. Drive fast, take chances. all right so with that all said now that you know who you're listening to if you don't already which i mean if you're listening to us you probably should by this point we want to first of all thank everyone who participated in our giveaway raffle we are going to do that after we record this episode we've got all the names we've got them in a plastic bowl it is there's a bunch yes i'm shocked so genuinely thank you congrats to the winners who we don't know yet Congrats to you guys. Enjoy your jersey and or your quick trip gift card. Bunch of entries here. I'm really excited to give this thing away, even though I like it looking, you know, it looks really good in here in the Mean Year True Value Riverwood Gallery Studio. It's a mouthful. It really is sometimes. But no, it looks really good in here, but it's probably going to look better in, in your house. I suppose we could just get another one, right? We could. I mean, I have one in my bedroom, too. Also courtesy of Riverwood Gallery. <laughs> But that's neither here nor there. But no, genuinely, thank you for listening. And as a result of you guys listening, not only are we giving away some cool stuff and have you guys helped us kind of build our brand, we have a new partnership to announce. Ooh. And I'm really excited about this one because we are going to join the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, we're going, we're going big time, guys. Wow. We're joining the Milwaukee Brewers and partnering with MonkeyKnifeFight.com. The coolest name yeah, for a daily literally. fantasy sport. I mean, there's there's others out there. Ones that rhyme with Dan Fool. Hmm. I wonder which one that was. Um, not nearly that place. That's not as cool. There's another one that's like... You got a uh, monkey with a knife and it fights? Yeah, and there's other ones. How cool is like, that? Like uh, Raft Rings. No, screw them, too. Right, they're a bunch of bombs, aren't yeah. they? They are. They I, need to, I, I don't disagree. They need to look at their name again. They kind of sound weird. Dropped the ball. It really did, but Rat, we are partnering. Rings? Well, they it rhymes with that. Oh, okay. It rhymes with that, Justin. <laughs> There's your O'Connell education shining through. I think I, I think we're on the same page, buddy. I think we are too. So, <laughs> Monkey Knife Fight is a daily fantasy sports website that is becoming one of the fastest growing websites out there. There are daily contests with very small entry fees. And if you use our promo code, it helps us grow. So we'll have that on our Facebook page. We'll have that on Twitter. There's the Daily Fancy Contest, which, you know, 
kind of, you know, you can make games more interesting with the mm-hmm. Super Bowl this weekend if you're not really a Tampa Bay fan or if you're not a Kansas City fan. You can make a little entry, make some daily fantasy games. You can do some more or less. You can do, you know, looking at putting up points. That's one of the game modes where you can talk about the points of the game. There's rapid fire, so you can do second half contests. There's so many different things. Really cool thing if you're joining right now, there's no salary caps, which is kind of one of the, the other sites. They have salary caps for your... That's boring. It's boring. You're not competing against pro players. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but... There's documentaries out there and stuff like that of, of, of the people who actually win on those other websites where they have computer algorithms and a bunch of nerds out there to help them win their money. Screw that. No, we're going for wins. Getting the dub. Getting the dub. That's putting... not participating in a contest. Goddamn okay. cheaters. That's what I'm saying. You're not competing against pro players. There's more or less props. So you can make props on more or less yards that Tom Brady's going to throw this weekend. There's second half contests. And... Like we already said, probably the coolest logo for a daily fantasy sports site. Yeah. And it's not even close. I mean, Monkey Knife Fight. You know, so they're partnering with us. So check their information out on the Facebook. We'll have some information about that coming out this weekend. And when you sign up now, not only is there, like I said, no salary caps, they will match your first deposit up to $50. What? So you get free money wow. on top of that, too. That's a, a pretty goddamn good deal. Well, I'll even top that, Justin. Not only do you get a free that up to that deposit, a free five dollar game just on sign up. Wow. So, so you get fifty dollars. Ma- if you put fifty dollars down, yep, they're gonna give you fifty dollars. So you're at a hundred, right? Yep. Right off the top, and then they're gonna give you five more just because they like you. Just because they like you, and just because they like us. Man, that's a good deal. And we like you. So, we're telling you about this. I'm a big fan of Monkey Knife Fight. I was so happy that this came through within the last week here. So, you know, like I said, check out our Facebook page for more information to use our promo code on how you can sign up for that. Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight.com. Monkey Knife Like I said, we'll have a link on our Facebook. And... Like I said, really good way to make this weekend's game interesting if you're kind of like me and you're kind of just kind of fatigued about the game and you're just kind of out of it because the Packers aren't in it. Here's a way to make it interesting. So that's kind of the new business here, if you will. We go from that and we're going to keep it positive. I'm feeling good right now. I was not feeling good before we started recording. I was kind of in a cranky mood. I feel really good right now, guys. And we're going to transition to what we rooted for. And I'll give Justin the floor first. What did you root for this last week, Justin? Well, there wasn't much to really root for, but uh, we played a pretty good game on on uh, Saturday. So I guess I'll just I'll, I'll say that. Uh, Eric, you said you caught a little bit of it, which uh, we appreciate you checking it out on the on the just a game live. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I think we rooted for a, a good game. Everybody got in healthy. It was our first game back coming out of uh, coming out of the COVID layoff. Um, I, I figured the team was going to be a little rusty, and they didn't really show much rust. Uh, we looked pretty fresh. We ran up and down the court really well, and came home with a thirty-two point win. So, nice. yeah, pretty happy. Now I gotta say, you know, watching your team for the first time—not just this season, but I haven't really watched you coach since I was playing, you know, as a senior in Gillette when you took over the Gillette girls program. 
that is a different style of basketball. I I enjoyed watching that. And it was so well, much fun to actually sit and watch. And, I mean, we can go on about that in a different episode. We can even maybe get to that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But just a, a hell of a game, Justin. Like I said, really entertaining as somebody who, I mean, obviously I'm pulling from my hometown, but really no affiliation with any of the players. You know, obviously I'm for my boy. For my boy. But that's, I mean, like I said, I was thoroughly entertained by the game. Yeah, they, they played great. Uh, that's the style of basketball that is embedded in how I came up through the ranks of coaching and, and how I love to watch the game of basketball. We're going to play fast. We're going to play up and down. And we're going to see uh, and, and test your the depth of the opposing team and, and uh, see where we're at, where the where where the final ticker comes. It's it's a fun style. It's it's uh, entertaining, uh, and and we've had a lot of success over my seven years here. So uh, the girls are really digging into it, and I appreciate you checking it out. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt, and I'll definitely do it again throughout the rest of the season. Ramsey, your turn, man. I was pulling for Chase Elliott in the Rolex Twenty Four. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the Rolex yeah. Twenty Four, and there was you know there's a lot of stuff to hit on here, so I'll I'll kind of give you the floor here. Tell the folks about the Rolex 24, how it finished. I mean, there was a hell of a finish, or a heartbreaking finish, I should say. Yeah, I mean, it's always... 24-hour races are always crazy to me because you have, what, three teams within 10 seconds of each other after racing... 24, literally 20, 24 hours. Literally 24 hours straight. And it was the Chip Canassi team that blew a tire with, what, five laps to go, three laps to go? Uh, I don't... I think it was like six minutes to go, something like that. They were... The thing with so that, about three so laps. If for those of you who didn't watch or who don't really know, I, I ended up watching this week. I've watched it before, but I had a different perspective with watching it. You know, with Ramsey here, watching that race, one of the key strategy elements was that they changed that Chip Ganassi team changed four tires yep. at the end of the race, and they were making a run to take the lead. Like they probably were going to. They had the better tires. They had the. They were closing on the Wayne Taylor team, which, right? It's kind of the New England Patriots of sports car racing right now. Right. That's the team Jeff Gordon won with. Correct. A couple years back. And that's, you know, big, we're all big Jeff Gordon fans. So, yeah, so special, you know, special thing there. And like you said, closing in and just, they had the better assist at the time, the better setup and just freak accident and coming up and there went the tire. So, and that's the way racing goes. That's why it's, that's why it is what it is, but. Yeah, no, really entertaining on your front. Uh, I'm going to look at what I rooted for this week. And it was I was hard-pressed to find one. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was kind of a quiet weekend. I was, obviously, I was pulling for the Tigers, but Justin, that you know, that's Justin's thing. What I guess I pulled for the most, and actually, I, I'm going to take what actually happened today, and we'll probably get to this in a little bit. Milwaukee Brewers, man, making a move here today, signing second baseman Colton Wong. Big signing for them in the sense, you know, multi-year deal with a... Last two gold gloves at second base, 2019-2020. Big move for them. Shores up their defense. Gets another solid hitter at the top of the lineup. And really solves their first base issue, too. Because they're kind of had a hole there right now. You can move Keston Hero there. You can trade Keston Hero now. Makes him a little more expendable. Just a great overall move. Has me real excited for baseball going forward here. I know you guys aren't big on baseball, so I had to, I had to drop this in here. Well... I got, you know, I'm going to touch on that a little bit because signing, the signing of Colt Wong is, is a little bit. Now, refresh my memory. How old is Colt Wong? Colt Wong is entering his age 30 season. Okay. 
So they signed him for two years, eight, 18 million or 16 million. 18. Okay. With a, with a third year club option. Right. So they basically got control of this guy for three years. Right. Uh, I, you, you've already got, I mean, Urias was, was, he's deemed a middle infielder, right? Now they're moving him to third base. And that was kind of the plan anyway, but yes. Okay. So that was part of the plan. Yes, that was part of the plan before they signed Colton Wong. Obviously, they okay. wanted to kind of avoid it, and that's kind of why they were in on the Justin Turner rumors of being, you know, an all-star okay. third baseman. But it's still I, not. It's, I, it's where he ended up actually playing the most this last season with third base. So I guess now what is interesting about what you said is is that this kind of makes Hira a little expendable if they choose to, because he's still on a rookie contract. They can look to trade him if they choose to. Now, I don't think that's the move. I think putting him at first base, because of how much of a, a gap they have there right now, is yeah. actually probably a better option. Well, the but guy is not a lights-out hitter, isn't he? He is. He's He was one of the top 100 players coming into last season. Now, he struggled a little bit last season, but really everybody did. So I really yeah. don't hold last season in too much of a regard in terms of, especially the offensive side of things. Um, okay. But... One of his biggest weaknesses was always his glove. And, I mean, he's good enough to be serviceable that you have to keep him in the lineup for batting. He was one of those guys that, if they don't bring back Ryan Braun because if they don't do the universal DH, he's a guy who would benefit from that universal DH and just bat. I thought they were yeah. talking about doing that. They're, they're, it's up for negotiation okay. right now. It's not yeah. sold one way or the other. Okay. Um, but with yeah. that, yeah. with that, so if you can kind of limit him offensive or defensively to where he only has to play first base because he doesn't have the range or necessarily the throwing arm that you necessarily want from a middle infielder, say a Colton Wong, who is, a, like I said, back-to-back gold glove winner. It's yeah. a really good move in that sense. You sure up your middle of your infield between him, Arcia, and Urias, who can play either of those two positions. Solid move defensively, and I said, like I said, with adding Colton Wong, you have a career 260 hitter, which isn't anything to sneeze at. It's not great. It's not like all-time, you know, 300, but... Right. No, 260 is good. 260 is a good average. It's a guy, He's really coming his own hitting-wise. Good contact hitter. He had a contact rate in 2020 of 85%. Nice. So, if anything, you have a number, a solid number two hitter, number, you know, your leadoff hitter, one of the two, however you feel about putting Lorenzo Cain at your leadoff, or number two. So, you have a lot more options now, which is one signing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So are the Brewers in kind of a go for it? A little bit are moving towards that way, or are they? So I think they kind of look at the division. I mean, the Cardinals are for sure in go for it mode, especially with that trade for Nolan Arenado, who's right. probably the best third baseman in baseball right now, or at least one A, one B, maybe one C. He's up there. So they kind of look at the division, and depending on how again how the MLB goes with the expanded playoff, they expanded to eight teams last year. Usually it's five. They figure they're still kind of, you know, they have a Christian Yelich in his prime. They figure he's going to rebound from the down season this last year. They have good young pitching. They have one of the best bullpens in baseball. So they figure they can contend. I'm not saying they're all, they're, well, I, I wouldn't say that they're not all in. Because I don't think this is necessarily an all in year. year. But I also don't, I think they're also in a spot where they can contend realistically. And with contending realistically, they can also, you know, with this move, be in a wild card spot, potentially steal the division if need be, cool. get in the playoffs, because that's really all you have to do. 
baseball, you have to get there. And, I mean, it's not always the best team that wins. It's the hottest team. Right. You can be that come September, you know, end of August, September, make that October run. You see a lot of times that the best team does win, but you if, you're still hot, get there. if you're hot, you're hot. Yeah. Like, you just got to get there. So, again, big move for them. Probably talked enough baseball for both of you for our February show. So, we'll transition from the positive into the negative. Tyler here, no get the week award. Probably my favorite. Not going to be as electric as last week's episode. <laughs> At least I don't think. I don't know what the two of these guys have. I know I won't be as electric. So, I'll give to Ramsey. I am going to go back to, I pulled for Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott ended up finishing the race, I believe, 23 laps down. So not a great IMSA debut. So Chase, you got to get better. I know you're the Marine Cup champ. Rebound, come back to Daytona next week. But you got to be a little bit better than 23 laps down. Okay, that's fair. Justin? I am going to give the Noogie of the week. Unfortunately, boys. I hit a deer oh, on Monday no. morning on my way to work. So my noogie of the week goes to the deer oh, that the ran deer. out of the goddamn <laughs> Did not see that coming. Goddamn side of my truck. Dented it. It's just what a what a what was he looking at? Get out of the way. Is the deer okay? I didn't think he ran off. I don't think he ran off. He ran. I slowed down enough to just know, 25, 30 <laughs> miles an hour. I had to split two of them. Two of them? Justin, I split what the hell were you one. Doing? Were you yeah. running late, Justin? What? Were, were you running behind schedule that day? <laughs> no, I was I was right on time. Life was good. So you're saying if you were early, you would have missed the deers? <laughs> no. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. When, you, when you say on time. When you Wait, on- and let's let's let let's go back. Did you say deers? <laughs> you said there was multiple, correct? Like, is it is it is it like is it deer already in multiple? You can't say deers, right? I can say whatever I want. It's true. <laughs> Doesn't make it correct, but he can say whatever he yes, wants. I I I miss I miss the deers. I hit one deer. Okay, so my question. Just another deer. <laughs> so, so follow up with this. You said you were on time, or you were you were on time. Now, when you say on time, were you on Lombardi time, where you're going to be 15 minutes early by being on time, Look, or were you like looking at the clock? I got a clock in for what? What, you, what time you start? Six o'clock? Five o'clock? Come on, come on now, come on now. You're talking to a basketball coach, right? I, I if I'm at work at. Uh, see, I work at 5 a.m. Oh, I show okay. up to work on a strict schedule. I'm there at 4.45 a.m. every day. Okay. So I'm 15 minutes early to work every day. So you're saying if you would have slept in a little bit. Or been earlier. Probably, yeah, or. I would have got stuck behind a goddamn semi, but I would have missed the deer. Zuh. The deer's... Uh, <laughs> so it sounds like this is actually your fault. It sounds like you should have the Noogie of the Week award. <laughs> you would be the first three-time recipient. Another Noogie of the Week. I ain't doing it again. <laughs> you would be the first three-time recipient. I, uh, I got like ten of them goddamn things already. You have three. Well, three. Look at this guy. Always over the numbers again. Yep. Doesn't know how many times he's zoomed in. 
giving himself more nugget of the week, which you know, credit that should be a nugget of the week right there. Where you don't, you have, you think you have <laughs> you more than Justin. You even know. had ten episodes yet, Justin. How do you have ten nuggies? This is a hey. First of all, the sympathy is supposed to be on me. I'm the one with the freaking deer. All right, you guys are begging me about my number counting. Ramsey said tears for Christ's sakes. I'm just saying. Get on his case. You're not the one that got a concussion. <laughs> That's a serious brain injury, Justin. I don't. We don't he take ran. those lightly here. That deer. The deer has a bad case of CTE right now. That's nothing funny to joke Ooh. about, Justin. You can't say that. Ooh. I'm just saying. Are we bashing the deer? He's injured. The deer bashed him. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's done enough. Also, you keep saying he. I don't think. Do they have antlers right now? I don't know. No. So you're just assuming, I'm not a hunter, you're you're assuming a it's gender, Justin. <laughs> you, you assholes are the one that go sit in the freezer cold in a in a igloo and shoot at animals. It's 2021, Freak. Justin. You're sitting here assuming the deer's gender because it ran into your truck. That's that's problematic, but, buddy. All right. This is the, see now. I'm going to revert back to next last week and say this show sucks. I think, I think this is the best opening 20 minutes we've had. <laughs> this show sucks now. Besides my Kevin King rant The sympathy week, was supposed to be with me, and you guys turned it completely around. Did we not start with sympathy on him? We're like, we oh, no, like, you should have seen If you were here, you would have seen the look on our face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. So how bad is the you death truck? Yeah, how bad is your you truck? You guys, it got the the... My driver's door, it got uh, in the back fender. I got bump and so did you take yeah, the old plunger to it and pull it out. No, it's no. it's right on the style line. You know, oh. it's always got to be on the fucking yeah, style line. It, always, no, that's where they hit it. They aim for that. I bet you that deer did. Probably did. He's like, they I'm gonna concussion they, for this. They. You miss that one, you're gonna hit me. I'm hitting your style line, you asshole. <laughs> As he flips you off <laughs> with the right. Hook. Does a roll and then runs off. Dick. <laughs> this show sucks. <laughs> All right. So I guess it's my turn uh, for the Nuggie of the Week. And I'm going to go on sports marketing as a whole. This weekend, I mean, it was so dead. I mean, this is kind of the weekend of, of obscure sports, if you will. I mean, the Pro Bowl sucks. And the Pro Bowl especially sucked this year. Because they had like a Madden tournament, I think. I didn't watch it at all. So Pro Bowl generally sucks. It sucked more this year. I used to love Winter X Games. I didn't even know it was on this weekend until it was too late. And that breaks my heart a little bit. Because ESPN should have done a better job hyping that. The Rolex 24 was good. The X Games. The X Games are interesting because it seems like... Now there's there's always an X Games on. Like the X Games back in the day when we watched it were like, you know, that was like the almost the win the yearly winter Olympics. Now it's like these sons of bitches are always on. Well, right, and I, I I'm not even complaining about that. I love Winter X. Winter X is so much better than summer. New. No. Oh yeah. You have rally cars in the summer. Snowmobiles. Race cars. Snowboard. Sean White made Winter X. Relevant. Oh yeah, I would and agree with that. I 100%. love Sean White and you know the two Moore brothers. You know R.I.P. Uh, Caleb Moore um, on snowmobiles. It was so much fun to watch, and like I said, I didn't even know it was on this weekend until literally too late. 
And that kind of sucked. I mean, this weekend I was also WWE Royal Rumble, which I did watch. I watched Rolex 24. Dude, that sucked, too. So that sucked? What? what? The Rumble? I thought it was pretty entertaining. I mean, it wasn't, like, the best one ever, but I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it it was what it was. I'm not, like, the most hardcore wrestling fan out there, but... 85-year-old Edge wins the Royal Rumble? Like, what's going on with wrestling? This guy was out of wrestling for, like, Ten years, wasn't he? Well, they have and now he's winning have... Royal Rumbles, and the, the so there's a problem in modern wrestling right now. I don't really know if you want to get into this. Well, we might as well. This show okay, sucks. So <laughs> here's what's going on: WWE went so long without bringing new stars in that now they have to compete with a company called AEW, which is beating their. They're competing in the ratings. They're not competing directly with like Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. But they are beating their third show. They're be- they beat they've beaten Raw now too. So they're they're competing in ratings with another company now. So <laughs> WWE now is just kind of grasping at straws to try to make something there to what make people tune in on Monday, and Pretty they're much. not winning. That's so they're they kind of have their own set of issues. That that's why they put people like Edge to win the Royal Rumble because. He's the only marketable star that they have that's going to make someone go, oh, I remember him from 12 years ago. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like I said, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't the best one ever. It was entertaining. But, I mean, I got I got a good enjoyment out of it. But, like I said, I'm also not a, like a super diehard where I watch every Monday, Wednesday, Friday or anything. Yeah. Like I probably don't even watch most of the weekly ones, but I watch the Sunday ones because, well, shit, there was nothing else on this week right. either. But, yeah, it was it was good. I wouldn't say it sucked, but it was good. But yeah, just kind of a bad weekend for sports and uh, even worse weekend as a whole for promoting sports. Because like I said, I, w- I probably wouldn't even know about Rolex 24 if Ramsey didn't say it. And I actually enjoy watching that too. What did you watch that on? I kind of looked for it, and, but uh, I couldn't find it. So it bounced around NBC. because it's 24. So it was NBC to finish, like the main NBC, you know, local channel. It okay. bounced around on like, I know it was on NBCSN for a while. They basically started on NBC, went to NBCSN overnight and in the morning, and then switched back to NBC during the day. Okay. So you had yeah. to kind of watch it on a couple different platforms. So I didn't look hard which, enough. Which is kind of one of the fun parts, I think, about it, is watching across platforms for a 24-hour span. Well, like when you watch like the Masters, too, yeah. or like the yep. British Open, or you know, any of those golf tournaments where you turn it on early Thursday morning, it's on one platform, and then when the, hard, the big hitters come out, it goes to the other one, and it finishes the weekend on CBS for the you know mm-hmm. the last what is it the last two last yeah. two days for the Masters, yep. but Saturday. so yeah no like I said just not a great weekend of watching sports. There wasn't a whole I mean there was stuff on, but it wasn't like like I don't think they advertised it well enough. Like you had kind of the sports world captive if you chose to if you had good things scheduled, and I don't even think that's like a COVID thing. I just think it was you know you had a captive market that was wanting something. And it wasn't there. Well, I mean, the NBA brought back their showcase, right? The Lakers-Celtics was on Saturday. But, like I said, just not a great weekend of promotion. So, with that, we go back to, I guess, kind of positives here. We go into the Wisconsin sports recap. And (laughs) if we look at our agenda that I sent out, I said Category 1 was the Bucks kind of suck lately. You know, we were talking about this weekend – in our group chat about the Bucks might need to look at a different coach. And Justin, you brought that up. So I'm going to let you kind of go off here. I know Ramsey has thoughts here too, but go ahead. Yeah. I mean, they're, 
I think well on their way to the 13th win. Now, when we talked about that, they were 11-8 and eight and just got whooped up uh, in a Pelicans. previous loss. Um, and just thinking about it, how long do you give this team to gel? Because you're talking uh, now that they've they've shrunk the NBA season down to 72 games, correct? Correct. And so now, you, now you're talking. You're 20 games into this. How long are you going to give them uh, to kind of figure this out? Now, I guess. When you th- when when you talk out loud about it, you, you kind of think, well, all they got to do is really make make the show, and anything can happen once you get into it. But you know, you still want the best seed you can get, and they're eleven and eight now. They're going to win tonight, and they won the other night, so they're going to go to thirteen and eight. But the rumblings coming out of the last two years about how uh, Boonholzer has kind of you know not lived up to the hype when the games matter is, is starting to uh, kind of look bigger and bigger and bigger as, as this season co- goes and, and they're playing 50, 50 ball. Um, how long do you sit with Budenholzer, especially when you know, you have a guy that has at least interviewed for head coaching jobs over the last two years, sitting on your bench in Darvin ham and, and just might be a, 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 a thing for the Bucks that a different voice in the locker room that's leading that locker room might uh, might help the team and, and kind of turn it around and, and let them go on a big run. Um, I, I you know it's just a question to pose. Now they've kind of silenced that for me over the last couple of games. You know, thirteen and eight, couple of wins. So you know, but it, it I think that's a that's something that. If it keeps going the way it's going, they're going to have to kind of look at. Well, and it's not even like a, I mean, the NBA, especially with these winning teams, I mean, you look at, I mean, really, you look at the last couple teams here, you know, you look at when Ty Lue took over the Cavs, they really just kind of needed that that boost, and Ty Lue was the guy for that. I'm not saying Ty Lue's yeah. the right coach, because I think history has proven otherwise afterwards, but he still, you know, still has a job out there. So, you know, sometimes you need that boost, you know, Golden State fires, Davis, they go with Steve Kerr. Now that team was it's super stacked the way it is, but sometimes you just need that boost to get over the hump. I'm not yeah. sure if I'm saying Ham's that guy or not, but I think, like I said, like you said, I think it's kind of start time to at least kind of looking at to talk about it. So absolutely, I mean, go ahead, Ramsey. Let's be real with the box for a little bit. They don't have a great roster. They have a good roster, and they have a roster that's going to win a lot of regular season games. How they are currently constructed, though, they are probably the third best team in the East, at best. So we need to also be realistic on holding people to expectations that their contracts put out. Again, Giannis is a limited superstar, and when you have a limited superstar in the NBA, you can win regular season games. Like, even LeBron early in his career was a limited superstar. LeBron did not shoot the ball great his first, what, six to ten years in the league? Right. So, when you have a limited superstar, you have limited ceilings. Currently, Giannis needs to be better. You need to be a better jump shooter. Because you don't have to defend Giannis 
all the way down the court. Right. If he's out on the three-point line, you don't have to defend him. And he's now having max money, so you need to be a max money player. And he has good numbers this year, and he's played... Got triple-double the night. Yeah. I mean, he's playing good. Like, I'm, not, I'm not trying to bash Giannis, but sometimes it's kind of the Russell Westbrook syndrome where your numbers can be great, but you're not being a great player. So Giannis needs to be better. Chris Milton, his contract's bad, as we've always said. You. You've always said. Justin doesn't. Yeah, you. <laughs> he has, again, probably the worst contract in the state right now. And the Bucks are a limited franchise right now. And I do think Boonholzer probably should go because I don't think he's getting the most out of his talent that he currently has on his roster. So uh, it's, it's probably time to move on because once you don't get the most out of your talent, you're not improving the situation, you're hindering it. So is this all on Yas? Is this all on Chris Middleton? No. But between those three, they need to figure it out. And there, we were talking about this right before we came on, there's absolutely no reason they should be anywhere near 500. I mean, right. they just shouldn't. That's just how... So, could the roster take a little more to gel? Sure. And you could probably give them the rest of the year, but that's, that's it. And especially after some embarrassing playoff losses that the Bucks have dealt with the last two years, they need to get this ship figured out because it's not getting better at this point. I, w- I would totally agree. I, I think the... Uh... I I would think that the voice the voice needs to be changed. Uh, I don't agree in the fact that the Bucks roster is mediocre. Uh, I I think it's I mean they're they're hindered by by the two big contracts certainly, but um, I I don't I, I don't think they're constructed well. I don't think that uh, Lopez is a fit really. Um, I think I think they need to try and trade him and get smaller athletic assets and allow Giannis to play at the five, just because Giannis can't shoot the basketball uh, outside of you know five feet. So he needs to play inside. And when you're asking him to be a point forward or or a uh, or a three or a four. In today's NBA, you're playing outside, so I, I don't think that that necessarily fits him. Now, where he's most successful, he's going downhill with the ball in his hands from the top of the key and creating his own shot. So I don't I, – I mean, I think there are certainly moves that they could make uh, from a roster, but I, I I think it starts with the voice. I think, I think a change in the voice uh, – is is probably going to be needed here pretty quick. The Bucks in general, though, are a team that needs to kind of have an identity too. Like last year, they're really good defensively. This year, it's been hit or miss. And let's be honest, the East has got a lot better. Well, and just to kind of go on with that, I mean, you look at the defensive effort, and you really saw two different teams. You saw the regular season team, then you saw the bubble team. Which and that's the reason Miami ended up be- beating Milwaukee was their lack of perimeter defense, and you look at these two bad games where when we were kind of talking about this and getting ready for this conversation, perimeter defense was 
terrible. Yep. And it's it's you know you're gonna have games where the offense, the other team just shoots the lights out, and that's lights is what it is. But at the same time, you can't allow that, especially against bad teams, let alone like a team, you know, when Miami comes down the stretch or Brooklyn's kind of firing all cylinders right now and kind of proving a lot of the doubters wrong, even though it's early on. And they're, but they've meshed together just fine. So yeah. how the East is currently set, you have the Philadelphia 76ers, which seem that they've got it somewhat figured out. You have the Brooklyn Nets, who have the best offense and the worst defense in the league. So they're not Brooklyn's not a viable playoff team right now. You have to play both sides of the ball. So, but you still, I don't think the Bucks have really have anything for Brooklyn today. Speaking of the Bucks right now, just just to talk about it, they just went final, one hundred six seventy two. That's a no. I, I didn't expect. Well, I didn't realize it was seventy two that they only gave up tonight. So I guess they no. Kind of that's should... that's wrong. They oh, just finished. Oh. I just got done watching it. They won one thirty to one ten. Well, then CBS Sports got it wrong. They did. Okay. Yeah, Bleacher Report and ESPN got it right. My bad. That's on me. That's <laughs> on me. <laughs> Giannis had a triple double. He yeah, did. Yeah, I mean that looks great. Me bashing for the last ten minutes, but still, what I say well, stands. You need to. Because, again, you're going to have, like Eric was saying, you're going to have a team like Miami coming on the stretch that I don't know if they have answers for them again this year. Miami, Brooklyn. Philadelphia. Boston. 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 Yeah. I travel Boston. And I don't know if they have anything for any of those teams, to be honest. I mean, I don't. They need to make well, a I think Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, the East is – it's starting to become a, a, a stacked conference. Everybody's running away from LeBron and Kawhi in the West. So, yeah, and, and for a good reason too. I mean, that's that's where that conference is going to go next couple of years. Here, at least, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it's it's frustrating because you know you it seemed like two years ago you had a team that was that had right such there. a bright a bright future and you're right there with I don't know, what was LeBron or what was Giannis 23 years old. He was on the brink of his first, you know, um, MVP award. And they were starting to get the pieces and five surf forum was coming. Everything was, you know, the trajectory of everything was going up. And all of a sudden, you know, we make a big move and get drew holiday. And, and, uh, and now it's like, well, so we're thirteen. We're thirteen and eight. Were the Bucks good? Sure, but they weren't better than Golden State that year. Oh, absolutely not. I don't so, disagree, but that speaks as to what I was saying is that they were they, they were close. Their they were future, there. their future was so bright. There, the the arrow was pointing up. They, you had a twenty three year old MVP. You know, everything was looking in. You know, this year was supposed to be. I mean. But are we sure? The brink. Are we sure they were that close? That was the number one seed made it to the sure. Eastern Conference sure. Finals. You took a huge lead in the Eastern Conference Finals, and first year after LeBron left, and LeBron was made well, it to the finals with not near as good of a roster. So were the Bucks that close? I mean, I, I'm I'm saying that as not 
I'm to not make, a huge Bucks fan. I like to what, a championship or to making the finals or to pointing up in the, the right direction? Or, or if you're what, not I, I mean, I guess, case, are we comparing LeBron and Giannis now? Or No, I'm simply saying LeBron was getting there with a less talented roster. So were the Bucks actually that close? I, I would say, yeah. I mean, they were up. What were they up, Eric? 3-1? In it was three none in in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I when can't remember. Kawhi came you. back and won it. Yeah, I I don't remember. Full disclosure, but yeah, I think I think that's what it was. They were up three nothing, and then I think it was three Kawhi one. I think they were. Charged. I think it was two one. Then they went up three one. If I'm yeah. if I remember correctly, and then Kawhi and led the Raptors back, and that was that. But I mean, that was probably their best window, though. I mean, you look at. How Toronto ends up winning that thing is because all the injuries Golden State had. That would have been the team, and I think. And you think it? In a way, it, I think it, they kind of have, yeah. um, kind of like what happened with Atlanta, with the Falcons. Just how much they've gone downward spiral since twenty eight three. I mean, yeah. I I really kind of think that's kind of what happened because you look at this last year, they go to the second round of the playoffs, and kind of bounce out after Miami. Right now they're thirteen and eight and kind of stumbling. Granted totally different team right now. But I don't really see that path to the final this year. No, I, I'm I mean, agreeing with you. That's what it. I'm saying. I don't... And like I said, I don't think... I don't think Giannis, at, since he's been in Milwaukee, but, at any point, has been good enough to carry them to a, friend, or a title. Like he a, hasn't been. Like not said, in the playoffs. The, the team itself, probably 2018 was their best shot. Best shot, but was Giannis, 2019, 2019 was, it would have been. But, but was Giannis actually good enough to win that then? That year particular, I think yes. I think whoever would have won the East was winning based on the I would agree. State had. See, I don't think so. I really don't. Toronto just having to match up really well with Golden State. Yeah, but you look at the teams that, I mean, the Bucks at that point had always matched up well with Golden State. You know, the last three, four years to that point, they had matched up really well against Golden State. They were built to beat Golden State. They weren't beat to beat the Cavs. They were or built to beat the Cavs. They weren't built to beat you know, the Raptors. They were built to beat Golden State. They kind of had that at that point. And it's just been downhill since. Anyway, that that's a whole... We can do a whole episode on that later. Got to get into the Badgers here. Another team that's kind of been inconsistent. You know, they lose Saturday. No, State. the Badgers. God they bless win bat- <laughs> They win big last night against Penn State on the kind of the follow up game. They got some tough. I guess we'll kind of see what team that they're actually going to be this year. They got some really tough games. They got two against Iowa left. I think two against Illinois. One more against Michigan. And I was pretty good this year, correct? I was really good they're this year. Top ten in the nation. All correct? all three of those teams are the upper echelon of the Big Ten right now, and Wisconsin's like there with them. But they're looking really good, Justin. Well, I mean, Wisconsin is just, I mean, right now it feels like they're one of those teams that will get you, like they could go into Iowa and beat Iowa, and then, you know, tomorrow they could they could freaking play Penn State and lose Penn, lose to Penn State at Penn State. Like, I, I you know, this, for a team that's led by almost all seniors, it's like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't. I really don't understand the the mindset of this team right now. It's it's kind of confusing. I uh, I would I will say this though. You you're talking that way about a team 
that somehow has stayed and managed to stay in the rankings. They're number 19 this week. So, I mean, that's, that's I guess, uh, a positive spin on it. But just some some frustrating, mind-boggling losses like like the one to Penn State over the weekend was... Well, ugh, you know, we had, you this really, your head. we had this really high expectation of the Badgers, and, the, and for good reason, too. I'm kind of curious, though, just kind of looking back on how much of our view is slanted by how hot they ended last regular season with in that eight straight game. Not saying that that's that that shouldn't have happened. Like I'm not saying it was a fluke because this team is really when they're on, they are dynamite. But when they're not, if the three's not falling and they're committing turnovers, which really was the case in both regards against Penn State on Saturday, mm-hmm. they're they're so inconsistent and it's just it's not proven right now. Like I, said, I think they'll gel. Greg Gard is a hell of a coach, and they have some really good players on the team. Not, like, great, you know, not like a Frank Kaminsky or Sam Decker, but they have some very good, solid players that I think they can still... Their best basketball, I think, is still ahead of them this season. I was just going to say, especially when you have good teams towards the end of the season and you get hot, that's almost the best-case scenario, though. Yeah. If you can beat some of these good teams coming down the stretch, that's a big motivation booster. We're getting ready for March coming up here. Yeah, speaking of a game that's going to get ready for March, I kind of want to hit on this. Here. Oops, go ahead, Justin. Oh, I will say, I will say this, and, and this is maybe something that um, that maybe a, the, the casual fan will overlook. You're led by seniors, and once we get deep into the season with uh, with some dead legs, and that seniority might. Uh, might come to fruition because uh, seniors know how to take care of themselves at the end of the year and, and kind of have the fresher body, the, the stronger body, uh, and, and the stronger mental work oh, as, as the long season comes to that comes to end. So that, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they've played their best basketball yet. And I, I think it's still ahead of them. And I think it's very well within reach. We just need to see it. And mm-hmm. that's on them. But transitioning from that into teams that might not be playing in March, the way things are currently shaking out, but two, two very good, uh, you know, traditional powerhouses. I wanted to hit on this because I know Justin is a coach. I know you've kind of had some some thoughts out there in a similar aspect. Duke UNC round one is this weekend. You know, that's kind of going back to that sports marketing thing. I actually didn't even know when they were playing. I knew it was coming close, but that first game for their rivalry for this year is this weekend. And once again, I'm not looking forward to this game because I think it's going to suck without fans. It's going to suck without the Cameron Crazies. It's going to suck. It's just not going to be that watchable. Both teams aren't really good right now. You kind of lose that rivalry when there's no fans. And mm-hmm. I think you're really going to see it with college basketball, especially, like I said, right now. Specifically, this I think this is going to be the first time it's going to be really that prevalent as a college season as a whole, and it's going to be this weekend. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. You go, you, you talk about Duke, North Carolina, some of the most memorable matchups over the years. Um, you know that is just enhanced by the fans, especially when you go to when you go to Cameron Indoor. Now, I don't know that it means any less. I don't know that it means any less for the players. I don't know that it's going to be less of a game. But like you look, you look at the team of Duke and they're playing good ball. They're just not 
finishing games. Fair. And and you look at and you look at UNC. There's something amiss there. There, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, you, you have one of the all-time greatest coaches in Roy Williams there. That uh, m- maybe his message doesn't co-mingle with with what the group he has. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is what's bound to happen for some college teams because you're talking about Duke, who is uh, you know built off of pretty much one and dones or, or or two and two-year players that that's the downfall of playing or recruiting and building that style of basketball uh it's happening to kentucky too um so in a, in a covid year in a, in a year that's you know not like any other regular season it's kind of expected for teams like that it's just it's heartbreaking because especially for for college basketball fans because they're so so many the duke brand the unc brand the kentucky brand those are all so huge and when those aren't major players and you're talking about teams like gonzaga and baylor and texas that are you know kind of running basketball right now it's it's a it's a different seismic shift well and you know in in the game of college basketball one of the things with duke unc and i know you know Duke is playing well. I finally got a chance to watch them this weekend when they played Syracuse. One takeaway that I really had is the Duke-UNC rival is kind of like a small-town high school rivalry in the mm-hmm. sense that, I mean, beyond the fans and the, 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 you know, the crazy fans that would go with it, but just strictly from the point that any given year, no matter how good either team is, no matter how bad the other team is, that game's always going to be close. You saw it a lot. You saw it last year's games where UNC wasn't, you know, they were kind of on this downward trend that they're on right now. Duke was at one of the top teams in the country as a, t- as a team at the time. And that was a close game. Like, that came down to overtime in the first matchup. I think the second matchup ended up being close, too. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, it's just one of those rivalries. It never doesn't matter the record. You take those, you throw them away for that game. And I think you're going to see that a little bit this weekend, just because the coaches are so familiar with each other. But I think mm-hmm. you kind of lose it without the fans, especially in that rivalry. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have a feeling that, you know, maybe Duke, with all the talent they have and how, I mean, you got the greatest coach of all time Damn in right the college game. That's my that's my personal feeling. I love Coach K. I'm not all um, up with that. I don't, I don't think Ramsey necessarily disagrees, but. I also love Coach K. Um, but you feel like they could maybe turn it around and, and, and get to be in one of those, you know, back of the end teams, a, a 12 or a 11 seed getting into the, the tournament if they, if they, but here's the thing when you're talking about schools like this, sure, their record might not be great, but when it comes to a conference tournament, you don't want to play those teams. Uh-uh. No. You know, and they're always dangerous to go in and, and when they only have one option to get into the tournament, and that's to win the conference tournament to get in and get that automatic berth, you don't want to play that team. Well, shit, you look you, at, like, you know, UConn a couple of years ago. Ex- well, especially years at the ago. end of the year. You look at, like, UConn, both their, both their national championship teams with uh, Shabazz Napier and then um, Kemba Walker. Both yeah. those teams are kind of in that same mentality. They got hot at the yep. right time. 
figured it out. And then Cardiac Kemba come through in the ACC. They're in the Big East tournament. Big East at the time. It would have been the AAC now. But Cardiac Kemba comes through, runs rough shot through that conference tournament, and leads them to an NCAA title. We'll kind of pick up back off what Justin was saying. Whenever you have a coaching edge, that's huge. And I don't care who you are when you play a Coach K, you're at a disadvantage just to start. Yet alone that Duke probably has more talent than most of these other teams do as well. So you don't want to play those guys, man. That's all, you know, especially when it comes tournament time. No, absolutely. Speaking, yeah. of, speaking of what you said, Ramsey, with the coaching edge, which is probably why I've lost so many games in my coaching career, because I give up that edge in almost every game. So Three-time Nugget of the Week word, man, man. <laughs> Blaming deer for your failures. Yeah, see? That's how you lose games. That's right. <laughs> think, All right. Think positive. I'm good at that part. All right, we'll keep it in the NCAA. Another big story on the NCAA this week, guys. NCAA college football from EA Sports is coming back. Big win. Big win. However, however, it does not sound like it's going to be for this current gen consoles. It's only for next gen consoles. So you're going to have to upgrade your system, but we got college football. It's back. It's back, baby. I'm so excited about it, that. It's uh it's it, it's interesting when you look when you look into it, when you when you're talking about the the naming rights and, and the and the independent licensing and and all that stuff and and how much uh and what happens to how we're paying the the students when when that becomes finally legal. Now when that becomes legal is is EA Sports going to actually put the NCAA's name on the game because as of right now it's just EA Sports College Football. There's no affiliation with NCAA. So you know it, it's very it's very much in its infancy, but uh, those are some interesting caveats yeah, to there, watch. There's a long way to go with it, but I'm also really inter- I don't. I'm going to say this. I think EA has to nail it. I don't think there's been as much pressure, and this is gonna sound this sounds so nerdy, but I don't think there's been as much pressure on a video game in a long time, if oh, ever. Yeah. So let's put it this way, though: we're not gonna see this game for probably two or three more years. They announced it that it's coming. They started development on it about six months ago. So current development cycle is about two and a half to three years. Year and a half, two years. It's probably uh, close. I, I, I'm being generous. Yeah, so it's probably going to be closer to like 2023, 2024 before we actually see this game hit shelves. So they've got time. They're gonna. I think they're going to get it right. But what great news, though. Reverend Involve. I saw today that they're working on getting, I think they were saying, over 100 colleges. Something like that. That have already signed, the kind yeah. of they have lined up. USC, Texas, and Notre Dame have to work out a separate deal, so they're working on those guys next. It doesn't sound like their players are going to be in the game, but... That's still, this, like, that's very possible, looking at how, like, the different different lawsuits and whatnot's going on out there for paying players using their likeness. I think we, before the game ends up hitting the shelf, I think it'll end up having players' names on there. See, I don't think that's the case. Just for the fact of, especially with current-gen councils, like even NCAA 14, if you look in the right places, you can get modern roster updates all the time. Oh, yeah. So NCAA themselves, why would they 
pay players if they're going to have some kid do it for free. Don't put any lightness in. Just make the colleges be there. Maybe even pay the coaches out. But then just turn around. Have... I don't think they're going to have a choice, though, at that point. That's my, my point here. Well, yeah. I, no, I'm saying, though, if you did no lightness at all. No that's player a, lightness. A... Random generated this rosters. Is... And then put a roster editor in. It doesn't make sense to play the players if you're going to if someone's going to make a roster order for it anyways. I don't disagree the, with your this theory This likeness here. thing is halfway down the pipeline already. They've almost got it. But I'm saying like if, you, to finish. if you made Trevor Lawrence 5-2 and 350 playing quarterback, it's not – there's going to be a roster that's going to go through that change to where it's supposed to be and you don't have to pay anybody. That's I, what I'm saying. I, I don't disagree with your premise, but like I said, I, I genuinely think by that time that that game comes out, if it is that kind of like – three-year window. Yeah. I don't think they're going to have a choice. I think it's going to kind of be like what the NFL PA has. See, I don't think college is going to be that organized, though. They're not going to have a uh, player organization. That's going to be individual deals. That's kind of what they're talking about. Uh, like, the players are going to have individual deals, not teams. Right. And not organizations. Like, Trevor Lawrence could have a deal with a car dealership and make money off his likeness, but not... It's You couldn't necessarily... I'm going to very highly doubt they're going to pay a... They well, have a 100-man roster. You're not paying the 100th guy the same as any of the other people on the roster. Well, no, you, you might not have to, but I think, I mean, if you look at, at least for that first game, I mean, you, I think what you're going to be having is you're going to have, like, the big name, like the heavy hairs, like a Trevor Lawrence might not be in the game because they may not be able to, quote-unquote, afford it. But you're going to have a lot of those guys, like especially, like, Wisconsin Badger-type guys who may or may not go pro, who just want, you know, they want to be on the game, so they'll take, a, you know, you can look at the NCAA, if they give you a free copy of the game for the platform of your choice and like a hundred bucks, you're not taking that just to be in the game. I think a lot of guys are going to be doing that. So I think that's all, all the people, are, all the players who were in NCAA games in the past, for the most part, that's all most of them ever wanted anyway. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just going to say that they probably were going to go on the cheap end on EA. They want to make the biggest money they can. And they're going to have to pay the schools a boatload of money. Which I'm not sure if that's going to fall on that either. If the schools own likeness to the players to a point. We'll see how that all shakes yeah, out. Though, too. It's going to be interesting. So, it's going to be a fun few years to look at it. Yeah, any parting thoughts on that, Justin? I know you're a big fan of the game. Oh, I'm a huge... I, 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 you know, I'm, I'll buy PS6 when it comes out to get that game. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, you know, to be fair, there's... You know, listening to a a, a a different podcast, they kind of broke it down really well. He's listening. Um, to, he's cheating on us. Again, I'm, he, I'm comparing. Cool. Okay, I'm comparing. Cheating I'm studying. Their, cheating on their family but, tonight. Uh, and but their podcast. You know the high the highest that uh, that NCAA fourteen did was I, I think they did the highest number at eighty million dollars. In, in gross rev or uh, net gain or whatever you want to call it, and and what they what um, what the NFLPA pays out for for their agreement with uh, for Madden is like thirty million dollars. So there there's some numbers there. It's like ten thousand dollar check that each player gets, and, and so there's there's something that could be like that easy to. Uh, to, to kind of garner through the schools, you know, kind of break it down from EA Sports to each school. And I think the, the ugliest part about what could happen here is that 
you could have the power five programs. And, and this is a real deep thought now, and, and you'll kind of have to stick with me on it, but you'll have, you could see the power five programs break away from the NCAA. If the NCAA fights this likeness deal. And that's not just EA sports. That's, you know, getting your car wash, going to your car dealership and, and seeing Trevor Lawrence's face or Justin, Justin Fields, uh, billboard somewhere, you know, so it's a sketchy time for the NCAA and it's and the schools really have the NCAA by, uh, by the neck here. And if the NCAA wants to stay a, as a part of the pie, they're going to have to, they're going to have to figure it out real quick. Well, I think the NCAA obviously is flawed to begin with because all these schools are supporting other recreational sports like rowing. And yep. the only the only programs that the only thing that actually makes money in NCAA right now is men's basketball and college football. All the other sports right. lose money, right? So I don't think that well what could happen, I guess, is they could kill all those other sports. Like they could kill stuff like college baseball and rowing and track and stuff like that could start going away due to this too. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all pans out in the next few, I mean, years. It's already been in motion. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to see it though. One last thing before we get into our Super Bowl talk here, Matt Stafford trade guys. I, I was actually here with Ramsey when that news broke and I don't, I, cause we had a discussion in our group chat about this. Just kind of transition to the NFL here. I don't know who got the better side of that trade. I think L.A. did in short term, but I think that's a better trade for Detroit long term. So, I got a couple thoughts on this. Okay, I'm going to run down real quick. L.A. got the better deal because those draft picks are going to be virtually worthless. L.A. is going to be good enough. Those draft picks are going to be mid-20s. So, you basically traded, what, a third, a second, a first, and Jared Goff is what this is probably going to boil out. Right, but I'm saying that's, that's going to be basically a second-round pick. Yep, yep. So, I think the biggest news that came out of that trade was that Matt Stafford got two first-round picks, a starter, and a third. Right. So, what does that mean to Sean Watson's value is? Oh, it's, it's sky high now. I know. I mean, whoever was looking at Sean Watson is kicking themselves because it was a lot cheaper. I bet that would have gotten Sean Watson at a point. A few weeks ago, but Stafford moves. That means Deshaun Watson's worth at least what four or five first round picks now. I think I think Texans are asking three, three and a starter. I think so. Yeah. I mean that that's what you're, we're talking now. We're talking three or four first round picks for Deshaun Watson, and I think that's still a steal. Whoever gets that's going to be very happy with their investment. Just so. yeah. I mean, I don't. I. I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily agree with you that the, that the picks are worthless. Um, I think that I think one of the biggest things about this trade is that the Rams the Rams are such riverboat gamblers, man. That they're they're selling the farm, the future for the now, and they're really selling it because they they had they have said they're not looking to extend Stafford, who only has two years left on his deal coming to St. Louis. So Ooh. that's a big Ooh. what? Who? 
Stafford. No, no, no. Who's he playing for? The Rams. What city are they in, Justin? I said the L.A. Rams. <laughs> Ramsey? You said the St. Louis Rams, bud. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's the second time. Damn it. We're just shitting on Anyways. Justin. We shouldn't. This isn't going to be our Super Bowl episode. Our Super Bowl episode. This is gonna be our shit on just episode. Yeah, you know, you the other day you gave me shout outs, and now now you're shitting on me all the goddamn <laughs> podcast hour here. <laughs> Anyways, but not you know not extending Stafford is a, is another big gamble out of this thing. You would think that they they would want to add a year or two. I mean, he's thirty three. He's well, I go back to what I said. He, he's injury prone, but. Those... I, I, I like I like the move I like the move on both ends to be honest with you. I think I don't think I don't think that uh that the Lions could have done better. No, they got a they got a steal for him, I think. I'm just saying I, I don't necessarily think those draft picks are overly valuable at this point. Well I'm I'm gonna double down on that too. I mean you have to hit on those draft picks for them to be of anything worthwhile. But I think we're also gonna see within the next three to four years, because I think we've already seen it this last offseason and Really, the offseason before that. In terms of quarterbacks, if you're not getting like that top, you know, number one or number two pick, the best path right now is free agency. Mm-hmm. You look at Tom Brady sitting in the Super Bowl with the team he just went to. You're looking at how many teams are going to trade and change quarterbacks in the next probably two off seasons as a whole. You know, we talked last week about how there's projected to be probably 18 quarterback changes in the NFL this year. 18 of 32 teams. We've already seen technically two. Right. That sounds like Derek Carr is on Derek the block. Derek Carr's on the block. Carson Wentz is on the block. Uh, Matt Ryan's on the block. You look at all... Sean Watson. Sean Watson. That's five right there. And Let those... Alone... Those are all playoff caliber quarterbacks. I mean... Right. Derek Carr's all, all... But the other three have playoff success. Yeah. I mean, so... It's an exciting time in the NFL when you have player mobility. Well, that, that's kind of my point, though, is, and that's maybe even the benefit of not committing to signing Stafford long-term. Like, you can still, you have plenty of time to re-sign him if, that, if he's your guy. You go out win two Super Bowls here. We're not saying that's going to happen, but let's just say, you, you know, you make a run here in the next two years of his contract. You can re-sign him all you want. You don't have to. But you know that there's going to be enough quarterback movement, especially in the next couple of years, where... You're not committed to having to draft that guy. You can. You can do what the Packers did with Jordan Love or what the Chiefs ultimately did with Patrick Mahomes and look where they are. That's kind of what you have to do. Either you have to go trade for a guy or you have to develop the guy. And you have to hit on that draft pick. You have to hit it early. Well, it kind of falls in that same thing with it's been really hard for teams to win with quarterbacks who are kind of in that intermediate. So that, like, 30... Is this your weekly shit on Baker Mayfield part? No. I, well, if you want it to be. <laughs> I haven't got to it yet, so we can poop on Baker in a little bit. No, nah, we don't need to this week. But there's that intermediate contract. after the, You come off that rookie and get that big payday after. Right. There's really not been any quarterbacks that have been really winning in that gap. You're either winning right away on a team-friendly rookie contract, or you're winning with someone towards the end of their career who is a little bit cheaper on the back end i.e. Tom Brady, or even Drew Brees a little cheaper than what he has been in the past. I mean, really, if, if we want to talk about I think the last person to probably win on that type of a deal was probably Drew Brees. Because you know, I, I think Aaron Rodgers at that point in the league was entering his fifth year. I don't think they had the CBA set up the way they did now. So I 
think that might have technically been his second contract, but that's really the last time off the top of my head is those two quarterbacks in I their be- second deal. I believe that second deal, though, was pretty cheap when Aaron was on it. That oh, wasn't was. a max deal like some of these other guys are getting. No, 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 but that's what I'm saying is, like, I mean, that's kind of my point, though, is that was really the last time because Drew Brees, when he signed yep. with the Saints, that was his second deal, essentially, because he got Aaron's second deal, chased but... out of um, time, San Diego, what now is the Chargers of Los Angeles. So, but that's what we're at in the NFL is you people are, you have to overpay your quarterback because they're so valuable, right? Right. Jared Goff, who a lot of people are saying isn't great, I mean, is worth what probably two first round picks right now. That's what happened? Uh, theoretically, is worth two first rounders. Right. So Jared Goff is, I think a lot of people would agree, not a great quarterback in the league. He's average. You can win games with him, but. He's not great, and he's still worth two first-rounders. So think what people like Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson's worth. I mean, man, those guys are worth eight first-round picks. No one will ever pay that for them, but that's their value over the years. So I don't know. It's a great time to be an NFL fan just for quarterback movement and seeing what Tom Brady did this year. And I think Matt Stafford's going to have success next year. Sean McFay's brilliant. Matt Stafford's talented. So He's got really good receivers, a really good defense around yep. him. You know, you fill in a lot of the gaps that he didn't have in Detroit. Well, he won when he had talent in Detroit. Yeah. People forget that. They were... Playoff team a couple years ago. They were playoff team nine twice when he... Or two or three times when he was there. And that was playing in Detroit. That's like winning in Cleveland. Yeah. So, Justin, you got any parting thoughts on that? No, I, I just think, you know... It, it it It's a good way for him... Uh, from, Campbell to uh, start over in Detroit. Uh, I think that's, I think, you know, for once you look at Detroit and and they did, uh, they did right by one of their stars. Finally, you know, they, 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 they kind of screwed over Barry and they kind of, they kind of screwed over Calvin Johnson by. They very much screwed over Calvin Johnson. Let's be real. Not, not building around them. And then, and then when those guys kind of pressed their hands they kind of forced them to pay their their uh some money back to them and, and so uh to see to see the the lions um kind of do right by one of their stars knowing that they're gonna go into a rebuild uh they're gonna try and, re- and, and turn this thing around in a different way and, and not to allow matt stafford to to do that and, and stick around and kind of hold up what what they want to do is is um is the right move. I'm I'm glad they did it. And this this maybe this is like uh like something that could break their their little mini curse of having shitty teams for so long and wow. kind of turn it around for them. As a Packer fan today, I feel pretty good about looking around the division. You know, oh, yeah. I'm not scared of Jared Goff. Or oh yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think we're talking about anything in the immediate future. I think you're talking about something that's going to be a five year. A five-year look from now. I'm just saying, as as you know, as a Packer fan, just tied back to Wisconsin a little bit. I think that just taking a quick peek around the division, I feel pretty confident that Green Bay is going to get at least six wins out of the division next year. So yeah, that, that yeah, and, and one one little yeah, rumor is is that uh, Kirk Cousins might be on on the old block, and that his old buddy there, Shanahan in San Francisco, is looking hard at him. Maybe. Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe though, 
We'll see. Is he, sounds, an, is he an upgrade over like Jimmy they, G, though? Sounds like they don't want to dance with Jimmy G. But if they want to dance, you know, you just got to call up old Swivel Hips doll, and he'll he'll show you how to do the... He'll throw the ball. Uh, throw the, ball. the Macarena or whatever. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> to get this back on track, we'll go from Matt Stafford and that trade that happened this weekend. Guys, there's a game coming up this weekend. I don't know if you know about that. Really? Uh, Who kind of a cares? big deal in the NFL. Who's playing? Uh, Who cares? The Chiefs and the... the Tom uh, Brady's? Tom Brady's. Hmm. So Let's I guess Brady's. we should probably talk about it a little bit here. Um, the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Yeah, like I said, I think we should probably talk about it a little bit here. I think my favorite storyline about this game is that depending on the outcome, the conversation of the GOAT can really swing a lot this weekend. Between Tampa, you know, Tom Brady being in Tampa Bay, if they win that game, he has seven Super Bowls. And really the next best thing, I mean, you can say what you want about Aaron Rodgers, but Patrick Mahomes is kind of that guy right now that's probably going to give have the best chance to give Brady a run for his money as that status symbol. If Tampa Bay wins, they go to seven, or Tom Brady has seven. He was one seven of ten. If, no, seven of 11. Nope, seven of 10. I 10. had that right. Seven of 10. And he'd be, he would have the lead over Patrick Mahomes seven to one. Tampa Bay loses and Mahomes and the Chiefs win. That goes to six to two, and that's a lot more achievable. That's looking a lot better. I don't think I agree with that statement. Patrick Mahomes is. There's going to be some stuff happening in Kansas City over the next few years due yeah. to Mahomes' contract. Granted, it's only going to be twenty nine million, so that's a big help on the Kansas City Chiefs side, right? So right. they're going to have a little bit more cap space than normal, but. You can only have these really talented weapons around Patrick Mahomes for so long before people want to get paid. Tyreek Hill is on a relatively team-friendly deal right now. Travis Kelce is on a team-friendly deal. They have an excellent offensive line. Yeah, but you look at team-friendly deals. How how many team-friendly deals did Tom Brady take to win? You know what I mean? I'm not saying that all these guys are going to do that. You know, go get your money, go get paid. I'm just saying the The, swing in that status, it's obviously not going to change this weekend. But we talked about it a lot last week in that passing on the guard moment, and how much of a swing that is to go from seven and one, seven to one to six to two. I to do what Tom Brady did in New England, and now doing in Tampa Bay. I don't think we'll ever see that in sports again. I don't he think was, so either. That's they that's were the, not me saying that Patrick Mahomes is the goat, even if he if he wins. I'm saying just in that conversation of Super Bowls, how big of a potential swing this can be towards Patrick Mahomes should they win. See, I think Brady being there is more of an accomplishment than if Patrick Mahomes wins one. Okay. Because that Tampa Bay team, granted they were an 8-8 eight eight team last year, Jameis Winston as a quarterback. However, that's been a dysfunctional organization our entire life. Since they won the Super Bowl with John Gruden in 0-2. So really. our entire life, they've been relatively dysfunctional. Right. And Tom Brady shows up, turns the whole thing around in a COVID-shortened offseason where they're not getting OTAs he just basically showed up and made them an 11-win team. Yeah. So I think I think Tom Brady being there is more impressive than if Patrick Mahomes wins another one. I don't entirely I disagree. It, but like I said, just a swing in that conversation. I don't even think that's – I don't think it's close. Yeah. I, I have to agree with Ramsey on this one. It's 
the conversation. Uh, you just think you you would just put out the numbers that are like insane to even comprehend. You know what what was what did you say? Seven out of ten of the last Super Bowls? No, that he's he'll be seven. He's one. If he wins this week, he'll be seven and three in Super Bowl games he's played in. Yeah. I don't know, I'm, I'm not, this is not me saying even if they lose that he's not the GOAT. He's unquestionably the GOAT, you know, whatever. What I'm saying, all I'm trying to say is, and again, this is not like a legacy-defining game for Mahomes. And I'm not saying he becomes the GOAT or even the modern GOAT. I'm just saying in terms yeah. of that swing where he's kind of the, the next thing to it, he's, he's, the, closest, he's the closest we're going to see right now to having a chance at that title. Not saying he gets there because he's not. He's that's a simple fact. He's not going to be there. It's a totally different style in NFL. My point being, just to swing that legacy towards Mahomes of, okay, now he has two. So here's, and I I sound like I hate a little Patrick Mahomes today, and I don't mean to sound that way because Patrick Mahomes might be one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. However, are we sure Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the lead? that 10-year contract, he's kind of been a little bit injury-prone over the first three years that he's been in the league. Not saying, like, he has that foot issue, obviously. He had that where he's kind of knocked out in the game against Cleveland. Yep. Last year he had that, was it a dislocated knee? Yep. Or he had that knee issue the year before right. that. So, I mean, we're talking this is his third year as a starter, and he's had... Fourth year. Fourth year as a starter? Yep. No, third, third year, year as a starter. Is it? Third year as a starter, yeah. Fourth year in the league. Yeah, I suppose. He's that one. So I'm just saying that he's had not injury prone, but he's had he's missed games in his career so far. Not necessarily this year, but yeah, you guys are right. I had to do the math in my head. Sorry. So I'm just saying I I don't even necessarily know if Tom Brady played for 20 years. I don't know if Patrick Holmes plays for 20 years. I think I, don't, I, I agree. agree. I think a lot of that depends on who they hire as their next coach after Andy decides to uh, give it up. You know, the style of of the way he plays is going to matter. No, in, right. This is this how, is not this is not a there, pro so. Patrick Mahomes thing. This is just like I said, just a swing that could potentially occur in the mainstream NFL conversations. Your casual NFL fan. And the thing with Patrick Mahomes, too, I know that you're trying to, that you're saying it's not great, but even Patrick Mahomes last year in the Super Bowl didn't play overly well for three quarters. No, not at all. He had a all. good fourth quarter. And so, and he has stretches of that through games, too, where he's not, he's young yet, too. So, I, I, again, I'm not going to shut Patrick Mahomes because he's obviously probably second or third best quarterback in the league this year. Yeah. But he, he does have moments where he's inconsistent. He gets a little. I think he gets aggressive. too cute with it. Yeah, he gets too, too cute. cute or aggressive or whatever the, which is fine too. When you're as talented as he is, you can be a little cute with it. And yeah. Throw a no mm-hmm. pass and do that. However, I do think too, there's a little bit of luck that goes with all of that stuff too. Like even we're talking about going back to that Cleveland game, that was one play. Right. Granted, Baker would have to go on the field and score, which I don't think that's even possible because Baker's not that good. I knew I'd get it in there somewhere. (laughs) Opening that segue. I had to force it, but I got there. But uh, that's one play. I mean, and Andy Reid plays very aggressive coaching style. So is 
And, I mean, so another thought came through. The AFC is stacked. Yeah. There are some good teams that are going to be in the AFC for the next few years. I mean, you got Josh Allen and Buffalo. Baltimore's going to be better next year. Um, Pittsburgh, well-run organization. They're going to rebound. Cleveland's hanging around. Cleveland's there. Oh. Cleveland's oh. there. Let's see if we can continue to win and that. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Let me see. I want seven more games from Baker. I want to see seven more games of him being well above average, which okay. I don't think is possible. But anyways, Miami's going to get better. Jacksonville's going to get Trevor Lawrence. Andy's probably going to have a new quarterback, and they yep. have good defense. So, I mean, that AFC is going to be stacked. So I don't even necessarily know if Patrick Mahomes will even get to 10. The, the AFC is looking good for yeah, the Yeah, like I said, this isn't this isn't me rooting for him. This isn't me saying that Man. it's going to happen. Like I said, I just think the conversation becomes a lot different if it's 6-2 versus 7-1. to one. What a good time to be a football fan, though. No, right, absolutely. Like, look around the just the AFC. The NFC is a little top-heavy, I would say. But looking at the AFC, man, there's there's some good football teams over there that you had eleven and five and ten and six teams that didn't make the playoffs this year. Yeah, you're gonna look on that side of the on that division and be there's some damn good teams and they're getting better too. Like I said, they're the Jets, young. the Jets are gonna be better. I love the Sala hire yeah. in New York. I think that's a excellent hit, and they're gonna cool. figure out a quarterback situation. Totally agree. Totally agree with the Sala hire. I, I, I like, like that. The that's a good hire. No, but, I mean, this game, there's so many talking points that we can get to in this, and we're going to try to keep this as short as possible with it, you know, just kind of focus on it. This is, I don't, like I said, I don't know how to feel about the Super Bowl. And Rams and I were talking about before Justin joined in here. And and one element, I'm thinking this game's going to be not unwatchable. I'm going to have a hard time getting up for it, though, where it's going to be, okay, you know, we've got, Tom Brady again, which I love Tom Brady. This is not, I don't have Tom Brady fatigue at all. No. I'm, you know, so entertained by watching the history happen. But it's okay, it's Tom Brady, it's Gronk, Mike Evans. I mean, they have so, so many weapons there. And you know what Kansas City is. I mean, they're just, it's speed. Yeah. And it's going to be an entertaining game, I think. I think it's really going to come down to who has the better defense in the game. Are we sure it's going to be entertaining, though? I could see this getting ugly quick. It could. And it could get ugly quick on either side. Yeah, and I, I don't necessarily... I, but that's kind of my point, though. Is it, it could be very underwhelming, which I wouldn't be surprised by. Yeah, if we got there and Kansas City is up 17 and a half again, would yeah. that shock anybody? No. And I think that's... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's hard to kind of get up for this game in that sense of... Okay, and I think that's also part... You know, I'm going to say partially just because the Packers are so close this year. Just to being there. It stings. It's going to be hard to kind of watch it. Last year, okay, we got boat race against San Francisco. It stung to kind of watch that, but we didn't deserve to be there. This year, you know, totally different story. You know, still, I guess you get kind of boat race next to the flow of the game, but it was still close. Single score game. Really came down to that last possession. And it's just kind of hard to be like, okay, well, shit, another year sitting here on the couch instead of, I mean, we'd be sitting there anyway, but you know what I meant? My point of, Sitting on the couch and being like, okay, well, we could be here. This is going to be kind of hard to stomach to watch this team play again. But, again, whatever. But at the same time, like, I, it could be a very good game, really entertaining, mm-hmm. and be something that goes down in the history books, too. Like, you guys talked about it extensively last week. This is exactly what the NFL wanted. And you get that true passing the guard moment, potentially. Or mm-hmm. you show, once again, mm-hmm. Tom Brady is the fucking greatest quarterback to ever do it. 
Bruce, mm-hmm. American athlete. I think the thing that I'm most looking forward to is I'm looking forward to logging on to monkeyknifefight.com and, and, and seeing what the daily contest is going to be on for the coin flip. Ooh. Ooh. On monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com. Yeah. Have you seen their logo? It is the That's best sweet logo. Best logo. I think I might we might have to get tattoos of monkey knife fight if we get some off There we go. There we go. I'd be down. I need another one. I'm sorry, sorry, mom. So sorry, mom. Monkey knife fight. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna wrap up here. Any? I guess I'm just gonna ask you guys because I talked pretty extensively on like the storylines here. I'm gonna before we get to predictions, I'm gonna ask you what do you think you're most looking forward to in this game? Like what storyline? In what element of this game, Ramsey? I really hope that I see Tom Brady get seven Super Bowls. And I kind of, not that I hope, I hope that Tom Brady is self-aware enough to be like, hey, this might be it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that he obviously is, he'll, he knows better than anyone else how long he can play for. Right. However, if he got seven, with the one without Belichick. I don't know if he runs it back again. And I think that'd be the greatest walk-off of all time. That's just the ultimate fuck you to New England. Like, you guys didn't give me weapons. I went and went somewhere else, and now I'm gone forever. No, I gotta I gotta ask, because this is something that our view our listeners, our viewers, whatever, they don't know about because we talked about this before the show started. You and me specifically. Justin doesn't even know about this yet. So I know one thing that a lot of people kinda of coming in this game. I saw a thing on Facebook and it made me laugh is you know, with all the irregularity of 2020 and the COVID times that we're living in, somebody posted, it was like, when I said I want things back to normal, I didn't mean Tom Brady in the stupid Super Bowl again. So I think that's, I think that's hilarious. Like, that made, my, yeah. that made my, my day at that point. Ramsey and I were talking about this. Like, I personally speaking, neither one of us have that Tom Brady fatigue that I know Justin no. does. Ramsey has Kansas City Chiefs fatigue, which I kind of get. And I kind of wanted you to go on about that a little bit here. I Kansas City kind of bores me a little bit. They're so good offensively. But I don't think, like, if you watch Devontae Adams in a one-on-one against a defensive back, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams is artwork in motion. Yep. He moves faster. Whereas, like, I'm kind of sick of just seeing Patrick Holmes drop back and throw to the fastest guy on the planet. Not the fastest guy on the planet, obviously, but the fastest guy in the professional football league. Fastest football player. Yeah, he gets just out in front of everyone. That's boring to me. And I don't really like, even the fact that I kind of talked about this with Eric, that they kind of took about eight weeks off at the end of the season. They just kind of like, oh, we're just going to kind of sleepwalk through this. We're going to not really cover because the spread. Because they could. You know. Yeah, and I just that, that, that kind of annoys me when you're not putting out. I feel if you are a professional sports team, that you should be putting out your best product that's absolutely possible every single week. Yeah. And it, annoy, I could, it annoys me when my wife doesn't put out either. So. Whoa! <laughs> wow. So, you know, I'm just saying. You know. Wow. <laughs> so I had to break, I had to break this, this sad Kansas City Chiefs talk, you know? I mean, come on. They're the fastest team on, on the on the face of the earth, you know they're yeah. they're fun to watch. But I hope she, hold on, hold on. Before we get before we get back to this, they're like the Jilly Tigers girls basketball. Woo! I hope your wife kicks your ass for that. 
that. We're <laughs> electrifying. We are we are in a public forum. I hope she kicks your ass. <laughs> nah, she knows I'm joking. She knows I love her. Wait, wait sure? a backtrack on that, Justin. <laughs> my, my wife, my wife is an angel. Throws her under the bus and then just kind of backtracks, not even. Nah, wow. she likes it when I. That was a roller. when I joke with her. That was a roller coaster emotions right there. Wow, I did not expect that on this show, but all right, buddy. Hey, hey, hey. it's your hill to die on. You get you you guys got to learn how to laugh a little bit with with the significant other. That's your hill to die on, on this one. Like I said, yeah. okay, whatever. Anyway, she's not home right now, is she? Oh yeah, she's she's home. Is she's she? not glaring at me or anything. She just. I think she might have even gave me a, you hear oh she gave me a high five for that joke so that was definitely you high fiving yourself yeah can you no put her way. on put her on put her on the mic yeah put her on the mic there no, Justin no no she, she yeah she just, put her on put her on there Justin put her on, put her on, the, put her on the, the mic Justin mic. <laughs> she actually, oh there it is again put her on the she's mic put her on the mic monster right now put her on the mic put her on the mic let her say hi nah, she's embarrassed she's embarrassed she say. You know, when we started this thing, she first told me, she said, honey, I don't ever, ever want to be on the show. I said, honey, that's all right. Oh, there she clapped me again. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's going, what's going on around here? High fives left and right. You keep that up. You're not going to be clapping anything anytime soon. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Woo! Now, that, that, that is worse than what I said. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, Eric's not married to her. Put her on the <laughs> that's mic. That's true. Just let her no, say hi to the. Let's right, just prove right, that the high fives are real. Uh, 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 I'm I'm here in the in the in the Coach Doll home studio. Uh, I'm trying to be as quiet as I can because I got to be honest with you boys. She just put the baby boy to bed. She's laying on the couch, ready to close her eyes. So and the, and the, and that's married life. You so she went from high fiving you. To putting kids to sleep and napping, being ready to go to bed. She, she's an artist. She can do. I mean, she does shit so fast. It's crazy. I, you know, sometimes I have to look at her and say, "Hey, honey, you just need to chill out and relax and, and learn how to vacation a little bit." And so, yeah, she this just went from clapping me to <laughs> this putting baby to bed to so almost falling asleep. The worst podcast. Oh yeah, this is not good. Not good radio. All right, all right, Justin. This show sucks. Man. So, to transition, I guess. What storyline are you most looking forward to in this game? Jesus. Uh, you know, really, really, what it's going to come down to, and and this is to kind of piggyback just a smidge off of what Ramsey said, is uh. Patty Mahomes being able to drop back and throw it to the fastest guy down the field. There, there's two aspects to that. Um, are the refs going to let uh, let Tampa Bay murder every receiver at the line of scrimmage for 10 yards and hold them and, and kind of hug them and, and pull their jersey for, for 15 yards and, and, and not allow them to break away? Or Are you saying the NFL would not call pass interference for some reason there, Justin? Yeah, because it's rigged for Tom Brady. Anyways. Whoa. Yeah, oh yeah. Anyways. The other the other portion of that is there's a big there's there's little chatter about it, but not enough. 
the big the big thing that needs to be talked about is Eric Fisher not playing. It's weird because that sounds so weird. The the big left tackle for for uh, Kansas City not not being able he's out with the uh, with with the Achilles there. He spells it, his name stupid, by the way. Yeah, not like you, but it, it just felt really it really threw me off when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but him not playing in in our. Our Tampa Bay's end is going to be able to get off the line of scrimmage and get and get to uh, Patty Mahomes fast enough before he can get the ball out and throwing it to the fastest guy down down the field. Yeah, absolutely. So instead of doing what we root for this week, I'm going to hold this start. I'm just going to, we're going to make some predictions here. We're going to wrap up the show with this. We're going to go around the table, metaphorically, of course, because Justin decided not to join us. We're going to go mm. around the metaphorical table. He'll probably be here next week, though. Yeah, if- maybe. We'll 50-50. See. see what the deers do. <laughs> see what the deers do. Um, yeah. So we're just going to make a prediction. We're going to wrap up the show with that. I'm going to start with Justin. What do you got? I, I've got Kansas City. I think the firepower is too much. I think their defense is, is not as good as Tampa Bay's, but is is com- kind of comparable. Um I I've got Kansas I've got Kansas City in a, in a like a, a 35 Thirty-five twenty-three, thirty-five twenty-seven kind of game. Okay, Ramsey. So I'm gonna go Tampa Bay, just on the sure fact that I've kind of pulled for Tampa Bay up to this point, aside from the Green Bay game. Going with Tampa Bay, I think that Tom Brady has more experience in a big moment like this. Tom Brady has also not lost a Super Bowl by more than six points, I believe. It checks out. So, Tom Brady is never never gets blown on the Super Bowl. He's been to enough of them. I think that's kind of a stat that we can take fairly seriously now. He's almost played a regular season of the Super Bowl. Uh, exactly. Like, so, I think that the if I'm correct if I'm wrong again, Kansas City's right and left tackle are both not going to be playing this week. I think left tackle for sure. I don't know about the right tackle. Okay. So, yeah, same. But... The strength of the Tampa Bay defense is their edge rush. Yep. So I think that's going to, like Justin was saying, I think that's probably going to be a big story of the game. Can Tampa Bay generate enough of a pass rush to get to Patrick Holmes? Give a score. 21-17 Tampa wow. Bay. Wow. Whoa. I'm, I'm also kind of on Tampa Bay right now, just for the sheer reason I think their defense is better. I think it's going to end up being a little bit of high, more high-scoring game than that, but I'm going to kind of double down on the defense take. I think Tampa Bay can match up a lot with the weapons. I mean, you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I'm assuming Antonio Brown's going to be back. He is they, playing. They have a pretty good run game. Not great, but a pretty solid run game. They have Gronk. They got Cameron Brate, and they've got Tom Brady, which matches up pretty well against, like I said, you know, Kelsey, Hardman, Kelsey. Arrested Kelsey already. Um, Tyreek Hill. I like I said. I think they match up. I think the offense versus offense is going to be pretty good. I think Tampa Bay can create a turnover or two, which Patrick Mahomes did a lot this. Year. You know, not a whole lot this year by Enough. by standards. You know, but a, a lot by his standards. I think that's going to be a swing, and I think, like I said, I think that defense, especially that pass rush that Tampa Bay has, especially with how good Devin White is in the middle. As a linebacker, kind of even neutralize Travis Kelsey to an extent. 
I see this game probably going about 34-31 Tampa Bay, kind of in that ballpark. So that's what we're going to wrap up with on that. Okay, good boys. Uh, you know, this show sucks. We all, we all can acknowledge that. But we do want to thank you for listening if you hung with us this far. Episode 8 is just about in the books. Once again, I want to thank everybody who's listened to this episode and who has continued to listen. Our subscribers keep going up, so keep hitting that subscribe button. Keep checking the episodes out. Keep sharing the episodes, even though there's not a contest right now. And then keep checking out our Facebook page. A lot of good stuff with Monkey Knife Fight going on right now. Keep that up. So happy for it. So happy that all of you are listening. Ramsey, guys, any parting thoughts here? Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Yeah, just a couple. Good luck or, or congratulations to to our contest winner on on the jersey giveaway. Uh, that's huge. Uh, thank you for uh, following us and, and to everybody that's following us. And uh, just a quick shout out to the Wisconsin Badgers football team who signed the their highest national team ranking class. They came in at number 15 today. There you go. Uh, they had a one five star and a couple and a bunch of four stars, a bunch of three stars. So uh, a top 15 national class, the highest they ever had. So shout out to them, Coach Chris. Go Badgers. Go Jill Tigers. Have a good week, everybody. All right, that's the Rupert Wisconsin Show, episode eight in the books. Congratulations to our winners, and keep sharing, keep liking, tell a friend. That's it. We're in the books. Thanks again for listening. Bye.